Alistair. Hey, today <laughs> I'm here with two bandits, one very sticky and one very wet. And Ooh. we're here to talk Ooh. about Home Alone. Not one, not two, but three, of course, from 1997. This is Third Times a Charm, the show that talks about the third installment of a franchise. And joining me today, some know them as the Hoff Bros. They have podcasts on the network that are very good, so you should listen to them, and we will do plugs at the end. But first, I shall introduce them as the co-hosts of PSI Love Hoffman originally, Brian Rodriguez and Kyle Reinfried. Welcome, guys. Wow, not, not used to being introduced that way, but we'll always accept that because we do love the Hoffman. Thank you for having me again on Third Time to Charm. Yeah, so Brian's my unofficial co-host, so I guess I should have introduced you that way. But we also have the foodie man himself from Foodie Films, Kyle Reinfried. Welcome, Kyle. Who's sticky? Who's wet? Oh, good question. We'll find out by the end. Brian, what would you rather be? <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I think you would be sticky because you're the foodie yeah, films man. Foodie and then just other life choices, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I'd be wet, but <laughs> just a true New Yorker wet all the time. Who's Daniel Stern and who's Joe Pesci over there? That's the other question. Ah, that's really tough because I think both of us could go either way with it. <laughs> qualities of each, right? Share, yeah, share qualities of sure. <laughs> Yeah. Sure. Who are you from this new movie, Home Alone oh, 3? God. Uh, I, can't, I couldn't tell you. To the parrot? <laughs> the parrot. ScarJo? We'll get into oh, it. Oh my God, yes, yeah, ScarJo. Holy. So guys, thank you very much for joining me on this very special holiday episode of Third Time's a Charm. When possible, I like to pick a holiday-themed movie. The Home Alone series at large is generally known to me as a Christmas series of films that that's before I realized there were six of them at this point. <laughs> I know. I was watching this on Disney Plus, and when it ended, it was like Home Alone 4. So that blew my mind. Now you're blowing my mind again, getting me all sticky, saying that there's a five and six. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Home Alone. I have my Disney Plus on, and like the screen you're talking about, Kyle, and it's Home Alone 4, Home Alone the Holiday Heist, and Home Sweet Home Alone. Was the latest one? I think it was last. Yeah. Year Boy, what is that Hallmark? Jesus. Yeah, and they they switch them up a little bit. I think the fifth one, I think, is a girl Home Alone, and the sixth one is like a British remake, maybe or possibly. Oh, like, I knew I about I knew about that one. I knew about that one. I think that was in pretty recent years. I think that was made for Disney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The last year okay. before. There's gaps between these movies. Like, this came out in 97. The last one, part two, was 92. Part four, so from 97 to 2002. That's not so bad. But then 02 to 2012 for the next one. And then 2012 to 2021 for the one after that. So somehow this thing just keeps coming back like a zombie. Cash grab. Just cash grab, you know? That's, that's all it is. I guess uh, you'd be amazed that this could happen so often, but I was amazed by the plot of this. Before we get into the plot of this, I just want to get a little background, your Home Alone history, as it were. You know, originally, I didn't know what to do for this episode, and I saw Home Alone 3, and I was like, it's got to be a Christmas movie, you know, tried and true, all of that. Unclear, partially, but... What are your guys' histories with the Home Alone franchise? You're you're a little bit younger than me. I saw the first two in theaters. Wow. First one, remember having my mind blown, loving it. Second one, remember being somewhat disappointed. Kyle, please start me off with your history on the Home Alone. All right. My history with Home Alone. I didn't see either in theaters, but I definitely owned both on VHS. When did they come out? 90 and 92. Maybe I saw them both in 92 or 93 by the time two came out on vhs i don't remember watching much live action before being like five years old and home alone the perfect franchise to cross over from cartoon to live action because it's like a live action cartoon yeah and i even remember being little and my mom like with certain things being like oh that's too violent 
<laughs> being worried that like I would, especially in that case. I mean, we'll get into some of the imagery from Home Alone three with the kid. Yikes! Doing certain violent things from the first two, and like you know, pranking my sister probably because I used to nothing crazy, but I would used to like pull like pranks and stuff like that. Between the Home Alone franchise and the Ninja Turtles franchise, like the early nineties oh, yeah. were just like a haven for parents complaining about violence in movies. Of course, and it does, and you know, it doesn't stop there. Like you have like three ninjas, right? They kind of do pranks. Oh yeah, three ninjas was so yeah. I love those like first two. Well, we'll get to the third one one day. So sorry. <laughs> That's like Thunder Mountain or something. Like no, that, I, I wish. Think. I wish it was that one. Oh, it's not that one. Oh. No, that's the fourth one with Hulk Hogan. Oh, I know. One of the most difficult toys I ever received for Christmas was the Talk Boy. Of course, yeah. Oh, my not uncle at the time. He's my uncle now, but he was dating my aunt. His father down in Virginia had to go to some mall or toy store and find me the Talk Boy. Really? And, it was on your yeah, list. It was on. Yeah, that was that was a big one and i remember then that was in second grade oh there you go so i could definitely pinpoint when i saw it for the first time i remember being in second grade because then we were singing crocodile rock and chorus and i brought in an elton john tape of crocodile rock and played it on sh- for show and tell on my talk boy oh. so that is 100 i definitely saw the movies by the time i was in second grade so however old you are at that point eight years old whatever then this third one i think i've only seen once and the only memory i have of it is i guess in 1997 or 1998 whenever it came out in you know, a summertime so either that's following summer if it came out at christmas time or maybe a full year from then i remember being at the swim club which i wasn't we weren't members of because we had our own pool but they would have events and there was a movie night that you'd float in floats in the pool and uh, watch a movie. And I specifically remember this one and Daylight being another. <laughs> oh, daylight, wait, Daylight, the Stallone tunnel? <laughs> yeah, stuck in a tunnel and being like a little kid and just remembering that one like security guard and just letting him float there and die. And I really faced death for the first time in my life at that point. Man, actually, when Viggo Mortensen eats it, you know, he's the climber. He thinks he's hot shit and he's going to get his way out. And he ends up, spoiler, he ends up dying. And that was before he was, uh, you know, Lord of the Rings and everything. I remember that. Yeah, but that other death is way more brutal. The the the, the African-American security guy that whose, wife, whose fiance is on the other line. Jesus Christ. Well, that one has actual pathos, right? Because we know that character and, you know, he has a family and we're getting it. He's not a douchey mountain climbing bro. What a double feature. Can I just say Home Alone 3 and Daylight? (laughs) Well, no, no, it wasn't a double feature. It was just separate nights. Oh, Still. you, got, you no. got me thinking it's a double feature. No, 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 no. Just I remember, I remember that they used to do those events, and I specifically remember one of those events being Home Alone Three, another one being Daylight. Interesting, interesting. I mean, I think Home Alone Three is more violent than Daylight, starring Stallone. If you <laughs> were to ask me, but we'll, <laughs> we'll get there. I'm surprised you remember the title, Kyle. Ah, uh, fuck you. That's a callback to when we were at Alamo Draft House and me blanking. Oh, jeez, Brian, really? Anytime I can bring it up for your third times, listeners, Kyle was pulled up on, during a Rocky Marathon. Oh, they need totally to know. Fine. You can talk they about need it. to know. When I was put on the spot in front of a crowd, I realized this as much of a quote unquote ham I can be and everything like that, and knowledge I can start rattling off some Sly Stallone's movie right now. But then all of a sudden, when I was in front of a large group of people, I don't know, it was a trivia people, thing. You, you, it was a trivia thing. Supposed to be a back and forth, and I totally like. You froze. That's okay. Yeah, exactly. I froze. Yeah. So did the other guy. There's a funny sort of amendment to this story is that we were at Joey's last barbecue, Podfather Joey Lewandowski. That's why barbecue. I don't go to any of them. Just this shame. Somehow the Rocky Marathon came up because of how sick it made me. By the end of Rocky, I needed like a stretcher to get out of the theater. <laughs> and then the trivia thing kind of came up in talking. And then we played it. We did it. Me, Brian, and um, was it Bob Fisher went like one for one naming Stallone movies. And it went on and on. And it was on. hard, though. It was hard. It got really hard towards the end. But so Brian, your history with the Home Alone franchise. I have a very personal history with the Home Alone franchise. Like it's probably the Don't tell me. He was left, left Home Alone. Home alone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I was, but no, it was probably the franchise that I d- identify most with my early childhood. I I didn't see it either in the theater, but just by osmosis, 
Kyle, you know this, being this you know same exact age as me. They used to air commercials for these things so often on TV that you felt like you saw the movie before you even saw the movie as a kid. You would like rent something, and not in a bad way, right? Because you don't really like oh spoiler. You don't like say that as a kid, right? Like you're more like anticipating all these tricks. Believe it or not, because I look very different now. But when I was a kid, people used to think I looked like Macaulay Culkin. Like I used to get stopped on the street. And what? Be like, Are you his brother? Are you related to him? Are you Kieran Culkin? Because I had very blonde hair and I guess creepy eyes. I'm not really. Sure. You had very blonde hair, and oh, it was yeah, it, yeah. Was it straight as well? It was pretty straight. Yeah, it's definitely gotten darker and more curly with age. My grandmother just passed away. I remember, she was in a toy store. Probably, I'm guessing, in like January, February. And I just put the link in our uh, Zencaster chat of this toy she bought me. Like, probably 91. Did it open the proper one? I think so. Which one is it? Oh, yeah. The vintage Home Alone Screaming Kevin. Yeah. Holy hell. Can I scream? Or something like that. Yeah. She bought me that. She had no idea what Home Alone was. She was like, Brian, look, it's you. You know? (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't that you looked like him. I just am imagining now you just constantly screaming as a child. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if Macaulay licensed his likeness for all. I mean, he's on the box and everything, but like, what must he think? I mean, uh, his parents probably took it all. Isn't that the legend? Yeah, but Macaulay Culkin, huge part of the childhood, you know, watched the page master, watched them all. But um, when the second one came out, we were so hyped. I, again, didn't see it in the theaters. But again, my mom probably, she's probably pregnant at the time or something. You know what I mean? Like, didn't take me. And I'm with you, Kyle. I didn't see a lot of live action movies in the theater but we were all so like the kids i grew up with were all so excited when the vhs came out and i remember the bullshit of kids because some kids would tell me like cousins of mine oh my home alone is funnier than your home alone or my vhs is better than your vhs of it and like it used to really piss me off what you're a kid and i was like no they make them the same i used to get an no obviously they didn't know what they were talking about but like there used to be debates and we used to debate like oh there's 17 tricks in the second one no 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 there's 19 oh you can't count the pearl thing you didn't do that that wasn't planned like this is how into home alone me and my family i grew up with a lot of cousins around my age This, this is how into home alone we were right we would take notes on it really we would watch home alone one watch Home Alone 2, and compare the scripts, which are virtually the same, right? And we'd be like, oh, at minute 18, you see? Ah, he does it sooner in the second one. Like, we were so into the first two. Wow. The New York thing, too, was awesome, being, like, in the New York area, right? Like, that was cool. But then Home Alone 3 came out, and I was a little older by that point. Not that I was old, but, you know, I felt like I felt like I aged out of the franchise a little bit. I just remember being so bored when my mom rented this movie, Home Alone. <laughs> I thought maybe, like, it was an off day, perhaps, but watching it today, I was equally so bored. It was not drawing me in. There was nothing appealing about it. It wasn't even, like, bad in a cool, funny way. It just yeah. It I just, was definitely when when watching this, I definitely checked out at one point and like missed. I don't know. I don't think anything important. <laughs> no, out. probably not. Well, I mean, I won't. I wouldn't say that there's stuff here that isn't so bad. It's good. Like I kind of think there's some really fun stuff here because of cool like maybe idea but horrible execution or just like crazy insane why are they even trying this in the first place stuff like this movie is out of control from the beginning but yeah you know why don't uh why don't we get into it i'll do a quick summary here that i'm gonna read off the internet and it goes like this when an inept group of criminals tries to get a stolen top secret computer trip through airport security it ends up in a toy car in the luggage of the elderly mrs hess unable to promptly retrieve the chip the felons follow Hess in the car to her neighborhood. After she gives the toy to young Alex, who is home sick from school, he becomes the target of the criminals. However, the precocious kid is on to their schemes and fight the thieves off. I, Mike, I gotta be honest with you, I checked out when you read that. Well, here's the deal, guys. Here's what it doesn't say. The kid was left home alone when everyone else went on vacation for Christmas. This isn't home alone, per se, in, what, in the way I this was This is expecting. the more realistic home alone. So here's what it is. It's like what they don't mention in the in that part of the summary is that it's not Christmas. It's after Christmas. And the kid is home sick from school with chicken pox. And they have to contrive ways for his mom to be able to leave the house so that the thieves 
can go door to door and the kid can like plot over the course of several days, anticipating them breaking into his house. And it's also the boy who cried wolf because he calls the police so many times that they don't believe him so that when the cop, when they really break into his house, he has to defend for himself. And it's also that movie Ben because he's best friend is a rat because his (laughs) siblings hate him and that's ironic because who sang the theme for ben michael jackson who is michael jackson's best friend macaulay Macaulay Culkin. look at that and his sister is scarlett johansson and right after i realized it was scar joe the brother says and we'll call you scar butt and i'm like this is amazing and Brian, the director, directed the 1999 movie Never Been Kissed, which is yeah. very more a seminal yeah. high school film. Did you read about the director? Don't want to steal your thunder. No, please go right ahead. That's why you're co-host. Well, so I was so embarrassed because I swore that John Hughes did not write and produce this one because it doesn't <laughs> feel like that. But he did. This is, this is later John Hughes. I get it. Whatever. They wanted a third. He wanted to do a third. So the original script had Macaulay Culkin as a teenager. I'm not sure how or why or how that would have happened, right? Um, Macaulay Culkin's like, no, I'm leaving acting. This is at the point where he was like fed up. He was having the issues with his parents, right? So that just was not going to happen. Then, and I want to read this script. He wrote a script starring his brother who plays Fuller in the movies. And it was going to have Uncle Frank and that whole gang. And something was going to happen there. You know what? That's believable that Uncle Frank would leave his son at home. But they were like iffy, the aunt and uncle. He wanted the Wet Bandits, Sticky Bandits to come back. Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern did not want to do a third. Even the Culkin, I, I don't know which Culkin is the one who is. Kieran, I think. So the one from Succession, I didn't, great. So the most successful one of all. <laughs> now, he basically was like, I don't want to replace my brother. Those are big shoes to fill. Like, I'm not going to do that. So John Hughes has the studio budget to make this movie. He doesn't have to make it, but he's got a five-picture deal with 20th Century Fox, right? And he's doing movies like, he did the new Miracle on 34th Street, he did Baby's Day Out, films like that. So John Hughes did Baby's Day Out? Uh, I think he wrote it or produced oh, okay. it. okay. He One did. of my favorites as a kid. Yeah, great movie. He's not directing at this point, FYI. He's just yeah. producing. Basically, this is what I glean. I haven't read this, but fifth movie in a five-movie deal. It's already got greenlit. He doesn't want to cancel it. You know what I mean? Like, let's just get the deal over with. He knows he's not getting John Williams, by the way, because at this point, come on, John Williams. I know, but that dude, that's not to go on a tangent, but that's just what totally one of the top things that takes me out of this movie. What I don't understand is why they can't just use the old music well you know you yeah. don't have to get him to recompose something new if we want to go on that quick tangent yes the music but also the fact that this is all in the day and not at night that was a big problem for me right like the first two are big night movies there's day scenes in them but like hijinks happen at night and the movies take place over like a two three day period you know the heist is at least or like the main encounter with the wet or sticky bandits is specifically like in like truly one day well let me finish this the with the director up and then i do want to get into that so he's gonna do home alone 3 he writes a completely new script new kid you know only tangentially related to the first two as it's in chicago and they make little hints here or there and he says to chris columbus i got the script and chris columbus who's probably doing bigger and better things is like listen if everything else is new why don't you give someone else a fresh start with this one? Like you gave me uh, the thing that put me on the map with Home Alone. So he says, sure. So he actually promoted the director of this, as you mentioned, Raja Gosnell, is the editor of the first two Home Alone movies. Whoa, cool. Okay. So he is related to it. It's not like they just hired a random person here. And he gave, uh, John Hughes gave him his first directorial job here. And look, it made money completely 100% based on the Home Alone name, but it made money. Hey, I mean, J.J. Abrams' first movie was Mission Impossible 3. You never know if he's going to breathe new life into the whole franchise. Plus, if he doesn't, it's like people are going to see it anyway because of the name Home Alone at this point, you know? And it's like if you drop the ball with 3, then 4's got an uphill battle. But 3 is kind of a sure shot. And speaking of that and people seeing it, there's a really, really funny uh, Siskel and Ebert clip. They're reviewing, obviously, they review a bunch of films every week on that show. It's great if you want to watch like fun stuff on YouTube. But 
Ebert loves this movie. He says it's the best out of all three. Oh, fuck him. And Siskel, Siskel is blowing like <laughs> oh, up oh. in his chair. He's like, what? Are you serious? And, he, and then Ebert, he's like, well, you like Starship Troopers or something along those lines. Yeah, because that's a great movie. And they have to like stop it because like they are about to. It's like literally 30 seconds. I mean, I think you could find the whole episode on YouTube. I don't know if you could find the Holy clip. mackerel. Cisco's like, how is it better than the other two? It's like, oh, you know, it's a kid's fantasy. And it's like, the other two have that, but bet. Like, it's like a, it's a great fight. So definitely, definitely check that oh out. Oh my God, fuck him. That's so <laughs> horrible. This movie sucks. It sucks. There's nothing good about this movie. I want to talk about it. That's not me saying, that's not me trying to end the conversation, but it just, it's, it sucks. That's okay. I mean, you're allowed to feel that way. I think we're too old for this at this point. And not only that, I think, you know, maybe kids were too old for this in 1997. In 97, okay, I was 10 years old. So I, I was 10 years old when the first one came out. And you, and you thoroughly enjoyed it. But what I'm saying is the culture at the time, like 1990 was the time for Home Alone. I don't think 1997 is the time for Home Alone anymore, you know, because like... Well, I still watch the first two and thoroughly enjoy them. And not just for nostalgia reasons. I do definitely watch the second one now and go, this isn't nearly as good as I liked it as a kid, but I still enjoy it. But the third one... <laughs> it starts out like it's a fucking Jackie Chan movie, Hong Kong, and then shitty, like, closer to 80s music happening. And I, I just don't get it. Well, Home Alone in and of itself was sort of considered like a diehard for kids. Right? Yeah. It's because the guy's in his house and he's booby trapping the shit out of it. And he says, Yippee Kaye, motherfucker. Yeah. Working his way through the building and doing all that. I don't know. That's how I always saw it. But like what I'm saying about like sort of the cultural impact that Home Alone had is that by 1997, I feel like a lot of the public has moved on from home alone to the point where like you start getting home alone references in new movies so like there's that one james bond where he home alones his old house at the end you know so like it becomes sort of a trope in and of itself that i feel like by the time part three came out it was already kind of like bleeding out there was nothing was going to save this premise unless you did something radically different which they didn't i think though that both home alones really the steam that that powers them is nostalgia right even in 97 nostalgia for 1990 was big if macaulay culkin doesn't want to do it john hughes look at your playbook do what you did in vacation with like the kids or just or like you said bond right i would have just recast them as kevin i know that's sacrilegious but you know give me more of that story he could be 10 years old for 20 years i don't care but I distinctly remember watching this as a kid and just feeling so detached to it. Like it should never have had the Home Alone name and just, again, not caring. Kyle, you were clearly in the same boat as me. You didn't revisit it either, right? No, this movie is like the diet caffeine-free Coke version of the original. No one is magnetic in this movie. Think about that original cast. I mean, like, obviously Macaulay Colgan, like, de decided, like, not gonna, you know, continue my acting career. But the kid clearly had chops to him. But then you go to, as you've already mentioned, Joe Pesci, Daniel Stern, Catherine O'Hara, John Hurd. And by the way, these are not big names, necessarily. No, they're not like, big names, but they're no, 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 great. But, but... They're great actors, exactly. They're, they're great characters. And you character cut to actors. the parents in this. I don't know who the fuck they are. I recognize the main bad guy from other things. Whoa. So first of all, the mom is Haviland Morris. She's only in one other John Hughes film, but she is in 16 Candles. And my question about the mom is that if these aren't the McAllisters, why the hell is she playing the mother of the McAllisters? Like, looks just like her, red dyed hair. It's not dyed hair. It's not dyed hair. Havilland Morris, that is her natural hair. Okay, okay. I thought they were trying to make her look like Catherine O'Hara, and I was confused because they weren't calling the kid Kevin. Havilland Morris. She was second place to uh, Molly Ringwald. So she definitely has that look. I just think John Hughes likes redheads. You know, I think I think that's his thing. So she has a very Hughesian look. So I don't think she's necessarily playing the Catherine O'Hara character. I just think that like this is sort of in his wheelhouse. I know we keep talking about him, Mike, but Woody Allen, you know how he casts like similar ish women in his stuff? Like Scarlett Johansson is in like several. Eventually, eventually. <laughs> but, but 
uh, Kyle, you're so right. These people are marginally recognizable. Who You mentioned the leader of the group, right? He's in a bunch of stuff. Eraser, the Italian job. Um, he's in Behind Enemy Lines. He's just always used for his, like, nondescript European, Eastern European, like... And I'm not saying, like, in, in certain things, he's good. But, like, that's, like, there's that other actor that's in Mighty Joe Young, and then he's in Taken, and he's... He's always, like, has that same kind of accent kind of guy. Generic bad guy. This actor, though, Fast Nection, was apparently in The Fate and the Furious. I don't know who he plays, but just we always have to shout out Fast Nections on this network. And since I haven't seen this, I believe since it came out, like, I mean, I definitely haven't seen it in 15 going on 20 years. I would, if gun to my head, you said, who's this kid? I thought it was the same kid from Liar Liar. Which came out in 1997 as well. I don't want to like, you know, they're kids. It's, you know, I don't want to say he's doing it. He doesn't, it's not that he, it's not, look, it's not that he's bad. It's just, it feels like he's acting in a commercial the whole movie instead of a movie. You know, I get that vibe from him. Which I was really trying to figure out if you guys had to pinpoint it because I haven't, I hadn't seen in a while. So I was trying to find the, you know, comparisons to the first two. And I was like, what's the talk boy of this movie? Since talk boy was so Definitely the camera on the on, on the, the RC car. Oh, right? the camera on the RC car. I for a second I thought I was like, oh, the car's too obvious, and then I'm like, oh, is it is it their spy gear? The answer was none of those things because apparently they could not get the same sponsorship deals that they did for Home Alone 2. They saw the movie and they were like, we got kids spray painting squirt guns black. We can't endorse this. We can't have those toys. The only sponsors that carried over were American Airlines and Zenith TVs. That's it. Home Alone 2 was full of so much product placement. I was with you, Kyle. I was a kid who got the talk boy. I know people who got the talk girl, right? Like, Talk about pandering. You're the heel of this episode, geez. But you're so right, though, about the kid. You're so right. Even Siskel said something about the kid. Like, uh, Ebert was like, I love this kid. He's great. And Siskel said something along the lines of, like, he's just a generic mop head. And, (laughs) but you're so right because in this era, they always had kids with this stupid haircut and they were doing the same thing. If you watch movies of the 70s, kids look a certain way there too, right? Like, this sounds so weird. but Yeah, they all wore overalls in the 70s. Kids of like the late 90s, just they all looked like this. Like the kid in the Santa Claus too, you know? The kid in Yes Man, the other Jim Carrey <laughs> movie that was exactly like Liar Liar. And then the kid from Jerry Maguire slash Stuart Little, right? That little... Oh, Lipnicky? Oh, he's different though. Like he, he's he's iconic. He's the archetype of child actor of the 90s. <laughs> Dad! Home Alone 3. Feels like we have a lot to talk about. Wild, wild <laughs> stuff. I mean, we have so far. Just, just going nonstop the whole time. Yeah. Can I just spew facts? Please, please. Facts is what it's all about. And then we'll get into feelings. What a 90s thing to do. Give me the facts. The other criminals did a deep dive on them. I recognized one, Lenny Von Dolan. Lenny Von Dolan. Where do you recognize him from? Because I know he's in Twin Peaks. He looked like I knew it wasn't him. And I wasn't like, I obviously didn't think this the same way as I did when I was little and the liar, liar kid. But watching this, he reminds me of who was Philip Seymour Hoffman's friend, like the other actor. And he's, I think he was in Capote, right? And then there's another actor that even kind of looks like him. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, there's the guy that Carradine from Revenge of the Nerds looks a little like him. <laughs> yeah, this this guy looks like you know somebody that like you know like another actor but i knew it wasn't him but i'm sorry continue so apparently like one of these roles david schwimmer they really wanted and he said no wow um dude they should have just cast the friends in this like one is the mom one is the dad four is the burglars come on they would never have done that oh man you can only go two because i want to stick to original you know home alone and home alone two you know Two bad guys. Who out of the three friends, which of those three guys from friends would you use as the, you know, their own new bandit? Uh, in this kind of movie, LeBlanc. Yeah, definitely LeBlanc. <laughs> I think it would just feel too weird to have, you know, him and obviously Perry had so much chemistry on the show and the odd couple-ish kind of vibe that I don't know if you do that in the movie. I think you go LeBlanc Schwimmer. I want to go the Chandler guy. He just said his name. Matthew Perry. I want to do him and and Monica. I think they would be... Who's Monica again? Uh, Courtney Cox. They would be good bandits together. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I'd watch it. So David Thornton plays one of the criminals as well. I didn't recognize him from anything. If you look at his IMDb, he's 
I thought you were a big John Q fan. Yeah, he's a John Q. Uh, but he is married to Cindy Lauper, which I thought is cool. So. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, he's in Alpha Dog. I love that movie. I keep telling Joey to watch. Oh, and he's in She's So Lovely. Another. He's a background actor. He's in Nick Cassavetti movies. So. Uh, that makes sense. Interesting. And then uh, the girl, Raya Kilstead. She's been in stuff. I, I know she was in Dexter for a while. Apparently she's in Deep Impact. I don't remember her there. Not Not household names. So on the criminals, though, as a whole... I did not like that there were four of them. I felt no. hard to follow. Two of them looked too much alike. Yep. To me, it reminded me of, let's say there was a horror film with four killers and one person in the house. Like, it just it doesn't work. Yeah, especially yeah. going up against a kid, which, like, begs me to question, is Alex Pruitt better than Kevin McAllister? Yes. If this movie is to be taken for fact, yes. Kevin did it twice, you know? like Two idiots, a, though. Yeah, well, these guys aren't exactly swift, but here's what they're I'm international thinking. Crimes they're international crimes. Yeah, they've been on the run for seven years from the FBI. They can't be that fucking smart if they ended up here in this situation like this. I mean, they did hide the chip in the truck, which was a stupid idea in the first place. But all I'm saying is you're comparing it to, like, you know, Jason Voorhees and Michael Myers going after Kevin McAllister in the first two movies. But I think this movie is different. I think they're the victims. They're the fodder. Like, Alex is the killer. He's the monster in this movie. Like, he almost murders his own mom at one point because she discovers one of his booby traps before she leaves the house. This kid is dangerous. That was definitely a moment I must have zoned out on. (laughs) You know, I I kept thinking of that movie, we need to talk about Kevin. And then I was like, it's too bad this kid's not Kevin. But we need to talk about Alex. There was, I don't want to diss the kid too much because it's not his fault. But there's a certain vulnerability to Kevin McAllister. I'm sorry, Brian, for a second, I just thought of you as Robin Williams in, uh, Jesus Christ, why am I blanking on the name? Moscow on the Hudson. No, just, it's not your fault. Oh, oh, uh, Goodwill Hunting. (laughs) I've also, people have also said I look like that, which I don't. You do. When you wear a cardigan, your hair's a little longer, glasses. Yeah, I give you a Robin Williams Goodwill Hunting. I mean, it's a great character. One of my favorite characters all the time, so I'll take it. But, um... Kyle, I think you look like Bram Stoker. You should look up a picture of him. Okay. Okay. But uh, Kevin McAllister... I feel bad for him, right? At least I felt as a kid, and I think most kids felt like that. Mike, you come from a big family, right? Like, where you feel like... What? I'm looking at Bram Stoker. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you laughing at Mike's family life. I was like, what? No, but no. Like, Kyle, had... am I wrong? You kind of have that impression. Yeah, I'll take it. But you had those moments as a kid, right, Mike, where, like, you felt like the entire... I actually look a lot like him. I'm sorry, I look a lot like him. <laughs> it's weird. It's one picture that I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, I get it. Right. I'm sorry, Brian. Go ahead. So, Mike, you had these moments as a kid, right? Like, where you felt like you, everyone in the family was against you. You did something oh, stupid. as a kid? I mean, <laughs> just at Thanksgiving last week. <laughs> you still feel like Kevin McAllister, right? Like, I never felt, like, connected to this kid. Because I, I, I could watch Home Alone today and harken back to my childhood and feel that way. Like, did you guys at one point feel like, Oh, I've been there. Nor am I. Was I in your boat, Mike? Where I felt like, oh, this kid's a badass. What's he gonna do next? Like, I just, I was so blah on him. I hear you. I couldn't. Re- it's not that I could relate to the kid. He ends up making six figures. He does get the reward, but I mean, like, he drives a tractor. He has a trampoline. Like all of these things to, like, you know use as as traps and all that kind of stuff but then on the other hand i'm like oh he's very resourceful and cunning and it's like that stuff isn't that bad as far as how it's written like all the traps and all the that kind of thing it's just like the personality of the characters are terrible the personality exactly of all the characters yeah and the little kid is like his brother and sister hate his guts. His parents completely ignore him. The only thing that I'm relating to him about is that I once had chicken pox. That's it. I mean, you look at the first two movies. Sure, does it get silly in the second of like Buzz doing like the with the candles and like tapping on Kevin's head and his parents are clearly seeing it and know that like Buzz is messing with Kevin versus in the first one, it's much more like subtle and everything like that. And he tackles him and spills the milk. Anyway, like this relationship <laughs> with, the, with the siblings... It's just like there's just nothing there. 
Yeah. There's absolutely the, the, like zero stakes, zero emotions versus in the first two, just like the actual, sure, like I don't mind. I agree that like, yeah, not seeing nighttime is definitely weird, like def- very different from the first one and especially the second one, like Lost in New York at nighttime, like that is a big moment. There were thriller elements of those. Yeah, the basement's like scary. is a scary thing and also just him being younger and going out and then the old man next, well, obviously you got old man next door and you got Pigeon Lady which they just do a shitty job with that relationship in this one too um although i i give it to the kid like i, I was he he did pull off like the sweetheart kind of kid like you know giving the jacket like you're one tough old bird you know like that kind of like moment like he did a good job he you know does a good job with that but yeah it comes down to like more the writing of these characters yeah um, yeah because i'll shit on a kid actor i don't care here's here's some more examples I can't relate to this kid because he has an elevator in his house, okay? But I can relate to this kid because he's extremely suspicious about his neighbors and spies <laughs> on them all the time like rear window. Mike, you haven't watched The, the Watcher? It's called The Dumbwaiter, please. No, he's got an elevator in his house. Like, it is a straight up, an entire person can go in there standing straight up and press a button. That's what it looked like to me. You know, before we get into our favorite moments and then get the hell out of here, there's one thing that epitomized this entire thing, this entire movie to me. And it and it's why ultimately I come down on the side of it's a bad movie. So there's a moment where the mother's in the shower and the doorbell rings and the mom says, get the door. I'm in the shower. Open the door. See who's there. Now, when I was a kid and I was like left home alone for a few minutes because my mom had to run to the supermarket or my mom was actually in the shower, you say, my mom's in the shower and you don't open the door. It's an excuse not to stranger open danger. the door for strangers. Yeah. Let, let me tell you, my closest like home alone experience is so when I was, I don't know, I guess I was probably like seven-ish. I had a friend over and he was going to sleep over. And then my mom, I get something happened that like, I mean, literally not even, I mean, Brian, you know how close like the elementary school was to like my house or whatever. So not even a quarter of a mile probably. And my mom had to go pick up my sister from soccer practice and she felt confident enough like hey literally gonna go there and come back and you boys will be okay but my mom also was good at like instilling fear so she was like you know don't answer the door yada 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 gave all that and then just so happens in that like at most like 10 minute window that our uh new neighbor's that moved recently from Brooklyn to Harrington Park and they were back in Brooklyn and they picked up some bagels and they were bringing it over but I had no idea and so we just hear the doorbell ring and my buddy and I get super scared and I call 911 <laughs> 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 and my mom comes back and there's cop car, the blue and reds because the police station is also like four houses down the street from me and my mom is like really really in that amount of time and then she looks like the, the, the cop is just like you know you really shouldn't like leave him home she was like i just went to the elementary school like i felt i felt, I felt so bad at that now i do and even at that time but we we're just like someone was ringing like the doorbell and then knocking it felt really loud and aggressive it was, <laughs> our, it was our imaginations and i was also very scared of our we had an old like basement old furnace kind of vibe like home was, alone yeah no exactly and so those, those two aspects like really and then also the first time i was like not the first time i was going to new york but the first time i was going to a yankee game my mom didn't even know like the difference between like manhattan harlem the bronx and like we were in the car and we were in traffic and i just started crying i was like my mom just said if we like we, we just like stop anywhere in new york someone's gonna end up killing me <laughs> <laughs> oh my the 90s take... in the summer yeah, exactly. white flight so i i only have one other moment to talk about which is the gunplay in this movie if anybody else wants to address some of that uh, by the way okay I, I know i keep talking about this siskel and ebert thing but one of the things that Ebert says, he said, I like it because it's less violent than the other two. Oh, my God. I feel like it's way more violent and insinuates more violence. There's, I mean, there's some very violent tricks in the first one. That, like, I know I said before that my mom, like, being like, oh, that's just too, that's just too, I just hear her saying it in a Jim Gaffigan voice. That's just too violent. Like, Marv getting electrocuted in the second one and they cut to a skeleton, like, you can't mistake that for like reality, you know? So like they were making an implied effort there to be like, this isn't real. What in this movie, what, what Home Alone 1 and 2 never had, guns. And this, 
this movie the bad guy has like a shotgun he wants to shoot this kid and the little kid he spray paints his toy guns black okay you know how Does illegal he? From yes the i thought he just had them no no he has like a dark gun and a water gun and he spray paints them there's one scene kyle where he's like yeah like gearing up the guns to look like that really quickly Oh, the first, I could have sworn the first time he pulled out the dark gun, it was already spray painted black, but it's insinuated that he sprayed it because then later in the movie, I saw the spray paint that he does and gives the main guy the raccoon eyes. Yeah, that's the same spray paint. Yeah, so, I mean, at least the water gun, I saw him spray paint black, so I just assumed he was spray painting all of his guns black, which, you know, you can't do that in a movie for, like, show a little kid do that. Like, that's very irresponsible. That's not PG, I guess. I don't know. Two, three years from when gun violence in America is really going to start to explode with stuff like Columbine, you know? And it's like we're seeing this in Home Alone fucking 3 as late as 97. I was like, that was shocking to me. I am not a gun person. I do not own a gun. I do not want to own a gun. I don't know if we're going to have a revolution and I'll, ha- and I'll have to. But I, unfortunately, occasionally, I stumble on this thing that is very bizarre to me, but it's called... And I don't want to endorse it here, Mike. You might want to cut this out, so I'm just going to share this with you, but you don't have to. Um, It's called the Internet Movie Firearm Database. They track every single gun in every single film. So it's modeled after a Glock and, you know, a Glock 17, and they're just saying, like, oh, a lot of them are fake Glocks. But but I bring it up because there's no toy that looks exactly like that Glock, right? Like... It's a, it's a trademark. It might look close to it here or there, but um, basically they they mocked up a Glock that was a toy and then spray painted it black later. Also, side note, there are screenshots on this database of him spray painting the gun. So either he did it on screen or it's a deleted scene or something. But a little too that is insane. intense for me, right? A little too intense. Yeah, that's that's it. That's intense. Like when I, I mean, like I, I wasn't allowed to have toy guns as a kid and like not at all and then even one time like and i you know like i remember uh my mom i mean my mom is like told me she was like yeah like i didn't want you to have like toy guns at all i had one of those like cork guns or whatever then just even playing with friends in uh you know at parks or whatever all of a sudden you pick up sticks and you're like and like pretending she's like okay like i'll get you a laser gun or whatever but she still never like wanted like a revolver type thing or anything like that but yeah these look way more accurate than even like you know other movies when spray painting happens it's like okay you're spray painting it black which is obviously dangerous and we know you know even if it doesn't happen in the real world that law enforcement will sometimes be like and it looked like a real gun like these do and these are supposedly i guess that they i do. think that's so, illegal like to spray paint uh yeah, yeah no it, it is. is yeah 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 it is yeah very illegal yeah. very much so very wild here and it's not just violence in schools and like yeah we if we want to bring up columbine sure but like we're talking about years after you know stuff in la right like cops are shooting people too right like you don't want a kid to watch this movie spray paint a gun a cop thinks it's god forbid like you know a cop thinks it's a real gun and something really bad happens like this is not good it is crazy and then watching it in today's world with everything we've experienced and we know i'm not trying to get too serious you know i'm playing the heel in this episode it breaks my heart with my four-year-old niece when i'm like chasing her we're playing tag or i'm just chasing her around and she usually runs to my mom and she calls her mamie and she's like mamie mamie like say you know save me and she gets over by her and she's like safe and secure safe and secure i'm like safe and secure that's such a you know like and we all know that i love alliteration but safe and secure and i go wait a minute don't tell me mom my mom goes yep in preschool they you know do their drills and that's what they what they say to the kids get safe and secure i'm like oh my fucking god that sucks so so just like watching what's supposed to be a silly kids movie that whatever in the end of the day whether i hate it or whatever i feel about this movie it's a kids movie but like watching that and it just making me think of everything we've experienced for now you know for almost 30 years or whatever however you know yeah we're close to 30 years on this movie i guess in the end and then one other thing I wrote, it was like, oh, wow, one of like an adult smokes in this kid's movie. That's a big deal, you know, n- nowadays. The craziest thing about all of it is that you can watch it right now on Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> and they're worried about things in uh, Disney, like cartoon movies that they like give like warnings ahead of time of just, you know, 
give a warning before this? Was there one? Maybe I missed it. I don't know. But I don't. Think I don't. I don't know. But this. they no. should have known better when they bought that Fox property. That Fox was up to some crazy shit over there. You know, in Home Alone ah, three, they on, had the kid pointing a Glock at the bad guy instead of like you know a fire extinguisher or something. You that know what it is, of, though. You know what it is. It, it Fox just operated on a different level, and there was no like Disney didn't realize that a Fox child's film might have a seven-year-old holding a Glock, you know, to somebody's head. I think they did because they probably have gotten complaints at this point because it's like a Christmas movie and I'm sure people saw it. It's just now, it's like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Like, if you put a warning in front of a movie, people get mad at you. If you don't put a warning in front of a movie, people get mad at you. So now, like, they're actually putting less and less warnings in front of things because they just don't want people to get mad at them and they can just be like, oh, that's how it was. I'm not one for censorship, and that's why I'm saying they. I'm not telling them to take this down. I'm not telling them that they need to censor it or anything. But I am saying you don't need to then go censor Splash and extend Daryl Hannah's hair to cover her rear end. This can be more uh, damaging. For certain things, like this is a PG movie, I think Splash, I mean, also depending on what year it came out, was probably just PG as well. Probably would have been PG-13 if it came out. Yeah, I saw it in theaters. I saw Splash. I was there. I was a little kid watching Splash. But like I remember... I remember Brian. We were out in like the North Fork one time, and like rush hours came on, and they said insensitive. Where I'm like, these movies are rated R. You're watching a rated R movie. If you're old enough to watch a rated R movie, or the fact that they're giving an R rating, that's the warning. Okay, they're saying you need to be 17 or older. Also, when by the time you're 17 or older, not that you're supposed to know everything, you are still a kid at 17, but you should have a little more wherewithal than whoever's going to end up watching this PG movie. So it's just, it's a little weird, but it's just, it, you know, cause yeah, I'm not, I'm trust me, I'm not for, I think everything's up for comedic, you know, like t- laughs and everything like that. I'm not for censorship as well, but it's just, it, it's just, I, I'm just saying, give me the reins and I will make everything good. Okay. Elon. I'm not saying they need to change the rating or anything, but if this movie came out today, it's got, it's got smoking and, kids handling firearms so it would not be rated pg anymore it's all it's so like it's just an interesting sign of the times anyway in conclusion does anybody have anything that they'd like to say that we hadn't had a chance to talk about yet any favorite gag any favorite near death for any of the crooks i particularly like the use of the parrot in this as the decoy several times i thought that was a lot of fun all of the animals that got in on the fun there's the rat there's the parrot there's even a bug that gets killed in the beginning there's even, there's a dog at one point but no my notes literally were hong kong uh hide in toy car 80s music written john hughes missing john williams camera glove new talk boy redhead mom scar joe not liar liar kid way too realistic dark gun smoking in a kid's movie and then this is where my mind faded off after smoking in a kid's movie my next note is nutshot in quotes you smacked my winky tried to make the old person relationship work parents find out oh that's the big thing the other ones it's always it's pretty ambiguous they never like in the second home alone they don't like reference the first one he finds the gold tooth at the end of the first one but like i know the old man is involved in the first one but then the cops come and like they just don't talk about it like this one it's clear and they're laughing and she makes a what what president does she say like, oh, I, the last time. Herbert I, Hoover, maybe? Yeah, Herbert Hoover. And they're all, ha, 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 ha. And then the dad comes home. He's like, what did you bring me, dad? I just, and the daughter's like, he got six figures. And they're just all like around the FBI, local Chicago PD. And the parents are all just like, you know, he's like, I took care of him myself, you know, pops. Like, it's like, what the fuck is going on? Versus the first two movies, there was almost like that magical element of, you know right did it even really happen yeah that like you know (laughs) yeah exactly so the fact that the parents figure out and then i put and then i put haha they all got chicken pox oh and then the last thing i wrote was home alone four and that's it that's what i took away from this movie (laughs) yeah the first two movies while the bandits get caught kevin does keep that secret from his family uh so where's that yeah you feel and you feel that in the second one there's a burden and he hasn't shared it. no no i I mean i i don't agree with that i think like he likes that he kept that secret from his family it's like that little win he has over them because in the first one he they get caught in the neighbor the neighbor's house he already has a win over them because they left him home alone so like he could hold that over them forever (laughs) 
I think that if you accomplish that, you kind of want to be like, yeah, it was nothing. Nothing happened. If they found out, yeah, like two elderly, not elderly, two older men came in this house and were wreaking havoc in the home, you're never going to be left home again. Like, I think he, the impression he wants is like, yeah, whatever. No, you're reminding me, literally at the end of the first one, the big wins were that he went grocery shopping and he did the laundry. Yeah. <laughs> Those were the wins. In the end of the second one, there's a bit more. And then obviously the end of the first one, like I said, he finds the gold tooth. And he's like, huh, that's weird. But then in the end of the second one, the fact that like Duncan's toy chest brings all those toys, I feel like they'd be like, okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute now. Like, like even Duncan's toy chest would be like, thank you for saving our store from a robbery. Something like that. But yeah, this one is just absolutely crazy at the end. Uh, by the way, $967 on room service and 43 cents on, on room service. The dad complains Not bad about. at all. Yeah, look, it's it's a lot, but at the Plaza Hotel, is it really that much? You just got your kid back. You don't know how he's paying for food, and you're complaining that, that he fed himself there? Like, come on. Love Tim Curry in that. Yeah, even Rob Schneider, yeah. And Donald Trump wasn't deleted from, well, he was deleted from some TV broadcast, but I think he's been restored to Homeland too. I caught him in Little Rascals the other day streaming. The only other note I had, blink if you missed it, but the Stan Lee cameo, did you see that? That wasn't really him, was it? No. The cab driver. That guy yeah, looked, no. looked a lot like him. I was like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> no. where'd, you, where'd you bring your pops? He's like, hey, Excelsior, little <laughs> Kevin. You're not Kevin. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, this has been a lot of fun, actually. And quite the contrary to the uh, watching of the movie. The talking about the movie has been a lot of fun. And I guess until we meet again, which could potentially be Creed 3 next year. And I feel like my Rocky boys, we did Rocky 3. I feel like we should do Creed 3. Unfortunately, I don't know if there's going to be a novelization. There won't be any of those like uh, crazy Polly encounters that were deleted from the movie, but still kept in the novelization. By the way, I did, well, Mike, 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 I forgot another thing in my notes. All right, late edition. Stop the press. Stop the press. There was a novelization for this film, Home Alone 3. I wonder if I actually, you know what? I would be... I would not be too surprised if I have it somewhere. I should go dig it out. We'll see. I'm just excited to be better than Sly Stallone by watching Creed 3. I know. What's his beef? We'll talk about it then, but What's his on. beef? Well, he punches a lot of beef. That's his beef. Hey, yo, where's the beef? <laughs> oh, also, we got to talk on Creed 3. We got to talk about uh, Burt Young's boxing career. Oh, yeah. When we get there. Holy crap. Just uh, found out about that. But uh, could be a connection as to why he was in Rocky in the very first place okay it's time for plugs guys please tell everybody who's still listening uh where they could find you elsewhere on the internet um you can find me in a lot of places high school slumber party of course mike kyle you've been on a million times there that's a show i host uh, that goes over some teen films and and cool stuff uh there was a high school in home alone 3 very briefly i don't remember why they got there i guess just find the other kids or whatever um so check that out also mike you and i have a show now uncle francis's wine cellar where we talk the films of francis ford coppola cut by cut i drink wine i eat cannolis mike you must partake I believe the three of us are going to do a little Christmas thing for that show. So check that out wherever you get your podcasts. Uncle Francis's Wine Cellar, High School Slumber Party, and Kyle. Yeah, obviously, I was, you know, Brian and I with uh, P.S. I Love Hoffman. I uh, have foodie films. Trust me, guys. I mean, I don't know how many times you've heard it on here, but I've said it on other podcasts as well that it is coming back like anything out there. There will be a reboot. So I am excited about that. I am uh, churning that up as we speak. And also, the day we recorded this as well, I guessed it on another podcast called The Towncast and just kind of talked about foodie films and, you know, uh, mentioned the Cage Club podcast network work on that as well so hopefully there's we get some uh new listeners through that it's called the town cast because it's just about like people from like lo- local towns in jersey and stuff like that yeah i met i met this guy flavio at a uh, opening of this sandwich shop in hawthorne that I, like it was a gig i was working shooting content for this sandwich shop called yellas and uh, good sandwich shop so check that out yeah we're just making small talk and he has this podcast called the town cast and so i guessed it on that so and he told me that it should be coming out like next week so check out that podcast check out my episode all his episodes yeah, just obviously listen to all the great shows on the Cage Club Podcast Network. And the bad ones, too. <laughs> Sounds great. So until then, everybody, happy holidays and keep the change of filthy animals. Three, 
That's the magic number. Yes, it is. It's the magic number. Three may stub at me, and that's the magic number. What does it all mean?